0: From the borders of Cumbria to County Durham, from Tyne and Weir to the Tweed, you're listening to Radio Northumberland.
1: And welcome to Berwick Speedway's Total Access show on radio in Northumberland. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we hear from Bandits team captain Leon Flint, Bullets number one Connor Coles, Bandits team manager Gary Flint, and Bullets team manager Kevin Little. And of course, we have our end of the show quiz. Joining me to go through all of this is my co-host, Greg Blair. Greg, how are you this week?
2: I'm pretty good, Scott. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a no-too-bad week. The sun's finally coming out and shining. And uh, it's just making everybody a wee bit happier, isn't it?
1: A bit bit of warm weather done, never done any harm at all, mate. And it's just coming into Speedway season and we've got a, well, warmer Speedway season, but the Bandits will get a wee bit of a break from here on in for the next month or so.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, when you look at it like that, it's going to be maybe bringing the fair weather Speedway fans back to Shieldfield Park, you know, because... I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you because I stood and watched you after I had raced the meeting and you were absolutely nithered was the word I would use for it. And, uh, yeah, I've been pretty, you know, you don't get too cold when you're out on the bike, but I did ride my last, you no, know, my second last meeting at Berwick and wet, uh, Kevlar's after I've been riding at Glasgow on a Saturday night, which, uh, gave me a hell of a stinking cold. So, <laughs> aye, Berwick's now the warmest place in the world. Absolutely. So hopefully the weather picks up a bit. Uh,
1: just on, just to kind of about a self promotion before we go any further. Uh, this week, Greg, as you know, we meet myself and my co-host for our podcast called Talk Speedway, which you can download from all good streaming services. Um, we are starting a second series of My Life in Speedway now. As you know, Greg, mm-hmm. in our first series, we had guys like Mark Laram, Carol Stone, here, Sean Wilson, Kelvin Tatum. List goes on. Biggest names. Mitchell Davy. Mitchell Davy, Kev Dolan. For all you Berwick fans, you can still go in there and listen to all these. There's some i missing. Martin Dugard. The list goes on. We had, we had we were we were inundated with legends in the first series. But for our second series, we have just started recording and on Saturday, I got to speak to one of my speedway heroes, one of the hardest oh. man on the planet to get a hold of, I can tell you that for free and doesn't do many interviews, but he sat down with myself and my co-host on Saturday, did two hours of worth of recording and was an absolute gentleman, and that announcement will come in very soon about who that is, so I'm just going to tease that in there, Greg. Oh!
2: Oh, please tell me off air. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna keep it a secret from me as well?
1: First break. I might tell you, but you'll be very impressed by it that way. And the Speedway public are going to love hearing from this man. Um, some of the stories, some of the the kind of insight about what it takes to be a rider at the elite level of the sport, the the mentality. Even you it just seeps through this the the interview that we did. Uh, it will be about an hour and a half long, the podcast feature length, and it is it is going to be. Phenomenal. phenomenal. You've got everybody guessing already, yep, haven't you? Exactly, there's people, there's the...
2: people right now that are listening to this that are thinking I, I, I think I know who that could be, because I've got a couple of names floating around in my head, so
1: and, you, can ask, you can ask me in the first break, you can ask me in the first break but as I say, if you haven't checked out that podcast already about self-promotion, go and check it out at Talk Speedway, uh, we're on all social media platforms as well and you can catch the links from there Anyway, Greg, in the news this week uh, we always pick the top story of the week. It's kind of hard to pick one this week, but I'm going to I'm going to sift through it because there was a big headline in the Daily Star this week uh, from the world-renowned Peter Oakes, obviously of great repute. Um, Peter uh, is reporting that there is a chance that we could see a Grand Prix held at Wembley Stadium. Now it's been pff, many a year since we've spe- seen Speedway bikes. Flying round Wembley, never in the new, still Wembley, but this the source of this Greg is quite in, interesting to me because it's actually one of the stadium kind of event organisers that's kind of putting this forward, saying they would like to see a return of that being that being Speedway's spiritual home, so to speak. Um, interesting development. What 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 did your initial thoughts be on that?
2: I think it's brilliant. You know that. The, the speedway, you know, the big bosses, the big wigs, of speedway haven't like pursued it, haven't chased after it, you know, because we've got our national speedway stadium, we've got our Cardiff, and for someone to actually come to us, is quite a, is quite a thing. And if you look at, you know, if you, it's very easy to find. You go into YouTube, you look at Wembley speedway, the crowds there, man, it was incredible. It was incredible the the fans that they got. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's a, a massive step forward for Speedway in this country, definitely. And uh, you know, fingers crossed that um, it's not just talk. It Keep actually talk. goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just goes forward. It would be, it would be brilliant to see it uh, to go forward. I mean, would you fancy? Um, Traveling, doing maybe with yeah. me and and we could you know chat have a few drinks and
1: no no I think that this is where the negatives come in because people moan that Cardiff's too expensive. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> a Saturday night out and uh, in London for a for a Speedway, Speedway Grand Prix. I'd well, like anybody
2: that... listening just start saving now because if this goes ahead <laughs> in like twenty thirty, you might as well start saving now and you might be able to afford to go out for one night. Maybe not two, but one night.
1: I I think from from just as you say it's kind of interesting that they've came they've kind of like said on a, I think it was a podcast that was first kind of quoted on and then we've obviously kind of ran with the story from there. I, I think it's quite interesting as you say for that aspect that it's them that's wanting that. I think since the the Wembley Stadium has been built, obviously it costs an absolute fortune that they're still paying back at the moment. They're looking for different types of events. I think there was some concerns around actually putting a track down. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know how many sporting events are there, but I know none of them are on um kind of dirt track racing, so to speak. Uh, you do have obviously concerts and stuff there, but. There was a quote, I can't remember the phrase that the, the event organiser used, something lay laying go, let's just say it was laying go. Um, and basically from from that, you I kind of thought to myself, hmm, they're actually given months where they could do that. They were actually saying that they could run it in November, December time. I, I would doubt that we would as a, as a sport, we would be able to kind of facilitate that because as far as I'm aware, Wembley's not got a roof. Um, mm. It can't be closed door, so the, the actual logistics of trying to run a Grand Prix in November, there's no point in running a, an event like that where it would be the biggest showpiece show since we stopped having World Finals at Wembley. There would be no point doing it where it would be an absolute disaster. Um, yeah, because it would just, a, just look really bad for yeah, for would, Speedway in general. It would, it would, and it would put people, it would put people off actually go, going back if there is if there was a chance of having a second run. Just interesting. I think there's lots of pros and cons to it. I mean, it's a big old place to fill, um, and it, I, I wouldn't want the sport embarrassing itself either. Um, mm. so that there's lots of pros, there's lots of cons to it. Um when you when you said there, when you think back to the kind of old Wembley, the, the crowds, obviously it was a different era. It was a different but, era in the in the world where going to live sport was the thing to do. Everything's more accessible now in terms of T V and sport, live sport on TV. So it then becomes more difficult to get bums actually on seats in in this in the stadium. I mean, you've just reminded me there when I was talking about the My Life in Speedway. Um the the probably the biggest name that we got on that was Bruce Pennall. Mm. And you look at like like the races with Anders Mishirec around, around Wembley were were iconic. Like even people like me who were weren't even alive um, during that time, look, we, we both know the races, we've probably watched them dozens and oh. dozens and dozens of times, and I, I would absolutely love to see the sport at Wembley, but I'd love to see it in like a July where it's yeah. hot, where people are going to go, you can get shorts and t-shirt on, find a beer garden during the day, make a
2: weekend there. Mind you, you know, you say that how many people have you spoke to? You know, me and you, were always buzzing about the speedway. We're always about all over the place. How many people do you speak to that you would say to them, are you going to be, are you going to Cardiff this year? Uh, I'm not sure. Could you imagine saying, oh, Wembley is, uh, Wembley's back. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go? You'd be like, I'm just going for the kind of like, you know, to say I've been there. Yeah. It's yep. one of them things. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, remember, People would maybe talk about it. It's like, you know, I'm not saying it's as big because it's never going to be as big, unfortunately, but it's like Live Aid 85, you know, <laughs> for uh, and I know a generation of people that are like, you know, nobody, the, the, the country just stopped when that was on. So it'd be one of them, you know, where it would be like, yeah, you'd want to say that you'd been there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It that that is the other thing as well. But that again, that would probably only really work if it was a kind of one off, where oh. it was like a one opportunity to see this. Like if they signed like a two or three year deal, I think you might struggle to get that that crowd level, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And normally the people that are saying, well, mmm, I don't know whether I'm going to Cardiff for the very ones that are always
3: there. <laughs> aye, aye, <laughs> um, be.
1: <laughs> uh, having been to, to Warsaw, obviously we've got the Warsaw GP this week. Uh, I've been to Warsaw for the Grand Prix and that national stadium where it's full of the afters. And uh, like when you see the atmosphere that's generated with a like a, a massive stadium with like that and it's yeah. full for Speedway. Yeah, it's like there's, it's like an atmosphere like no other. The road, it like you can barely hear. Like the bikes are loud because of the enclosed atmosphere. But even at that, the fans, the fans drown out the bikes at times as well. That's how loud it is. Especially some mad Polish, <laughs> Polish fans, I've, I've, as we know, they're a bit nuts. But
2: I've um, never experienced that. I would love to go. You know, I would um,
1: thoroughly recommend. Thoroughly recommend my, going to Poland. my old
2: man's there. going there this weekend. But you know, just another thought that I had if Wembley did decide to say, right, look, we're wanting to do it just because we want to see if we can for future sports, you know, I've been, I don't know if uh, if you have yourself, but I've been to Travis Ostrana's Nitro Circus uh, at Manchester before, and that is, uh, that was awesome to watch, you know. So they could do sort of things like that, bring in supporters from different sort of things. So to have Speedway, one, it would be good for them to know that they can do it, and then two, it's a massive, massive promotion for speedway in general itself because i do quite a lot of tiktok stuff and if you don't uh if, if you if you're on tiktok i do quite a lot of lives which is like discussing bikes things and here there, and everywhere all that kind of thing uh i'm at greg blair 231 if you want to go on there and follow me there um there's a lot of people on there that hadn't a clue what speedway is i've actually gotten two or three people that have uh, signed up to the bsn because they love it now and there is a massive amount of people who either don't know that Speedway exists or have kind of just forgotten about it or they'll usually say, oh yeah, my, my granddad took me there or my dad used to go. So yeah, if it, it, I think Wembley, if it happened at Wembley, it would get a big promotion and it would be, uh, it'd be good for us.
1: I think it would be fantastic. Now, it adds a question, a layer of a question to you, Greg. Now, outside Wembley, what stadium do you think would be perfect to hold Speedway? It can be
2: anywhere anywhere oh you know i don't know i don't actually know where i mean i I really enjoy my rugby so i wouldn't mind seeing a speedway track at murrayfield Mm -hmm. at the bt murrayfield stadium Um, i think that'd be quite cool um but i don't know but you know you get that feeling when someone asks you a question they've got a really good answer where, uh, where, where, where are you? Because you've obviously got a good one. Come on then. No,
1: to be honest with you, it's just something that came into my head as we were chatting about it. But one that does spring to mind is one that, uh, in Glasgow for, uh, at Hamden. We've seen the, the Commonwealth Games there, so there has been like, kind of oval-shaped tracks in there yeah. in the past. That is something that they can do. Um, and I just think that the, the, the shape of the stadium... I think there's a few reasons why I say this right, is that Ham- Hamden probably holds about fifty thousand with speed yeah. in it. That would probably you would probably take that down to about thirty. So I think it's doable to fill it. Yep. Two, I think the actual shape of the stadium, Murrayfield, was going to be another one of mine because Murrayfield's a big old place as well. Like when you yeah. see the, the actual size of the pitch, you would like you'd you would take it back to like kind of the Australian GP, uh, when they had that. I think it was at Melbourne they had it, and it was the the track was a was a, was a good good size, but I think Hamden, the, the shape of Hamden, uh, lends itself to putting in, uh, and uh, again the pitch is massive at Hamden as well. I think when you look at that, you could get a, a a good circuit in there just because of the shape of it. And I think in terms of the the capacity wise, I think it would be doable to actually fill fill it and accessible for airports etc. For travelling kind of foreign fans and stuff like that. I think it's yeah. I think it would be absolutely ideal for. And there's it, one other point that it. you're missing. What's that?
2: You wouldn't have to get a hotel. Correct. And either with that, uh, can on your sofa.
1: i think my house would be full uh that (laughs) that weekend anyway we are going to be talking beric bandits after the break and we'll be joined by team manager gary flynn
3: join mrs n punky paul crimson karen and the talent every monday 7 p.m for the new wave with newman show on radio northumberland
1: Gary, the FTS bandits were back to winning ways on Saturday evening. Uh 47 43 won. It was a scrap, wasn't it, right for the get-go?
4: Yeah, it was. Obviously, um, you know, being a few points down early on in the meeting wasn't ideal, but I was uh, I was proud of how the boys, you know, stuck to the task and um and bounced back to to beat a team who's who's bang on form really. Um, you know, they've won a few away matches. Recently, and uh, and quite quite easily and convincingly qualified to the to the semi-finals of the BSN series. So we knew it wasn't going to be easy, um, especially after you know we we had uh, two defeats in the first three meetings of the year. So yeah, I was uh, I was pleased with how how the boys knuckled down and and got the job done.
2: And you must be overjoyed at you know uh a reserve rider like connor cole's being there as well he's just getting stuck in and just doing the business and like we've been saying all the way through riders with smiles on their faces are scoring points and that's especially what connor's doing
4: yeah that's it and you know he he had a a tough few days leading up to saturday and and right up until saturday lunchtime it was um it was doubtful whether he was going to make the meeting or not um you know when you've got two young children at home and, and a, a a partner that are, are quite ill and, and needing hospital treatment it's um it's not the ideal preparation to to come into a big championship fixture and you know fair play to him he uh he informed me of the situation on friday night and, and uh, myself and the and the rest of the management team kind of Put an action plan together. Should should we need to use it? And and he phoned me at ten past twelve to say he was on his way. So, yeah, like I say, not not ideal preparation for him on on the night. And uh, you know, for him to still come with with that, like, uh, you know, over overbearing uh, worry on he, on his mind to do a job was, uh, you know, testament to him himself.
1: Absolutely. And if we look at if we look through the side there, I mean. Jonas has been all had a big spell at Glasgow the the previous week it was it was great to see him back on track and and even producing a heat one as well
4: yeah that's it you know um, been in was in constant contact with him all week really uh, I, I was actually quite surprised he raced on the on the Wednesday for his Danish club um, you know he's a tough cookie and and uh, he he was complaining that he was sore but. You know, we left it in the hands of him. Uh, whether whether he would would come over and ride or not, and you know, he he cares that much about the club and, and winning races for us that uh, that he was willing to to put himself through the pain barrier to to do that. And you know, I think after his first ride, where. You know the the track conditions weren't ideal with with the weather that we had. You know we we expected the the mist and the fog to clear off with the tide, and and if anything, it just got worse. So it made the track difficult, and in terms of uh, its condition, it, it, it didn't dry out. So it wasn't the easiest of tracks to ride. And when you when you're carrying injuries, that's certainly not what you want. But you know, I had a chat with him after his after his first ride, and and asked him what he wanted to do. I was quite willing to pull him out the meeting to, you know, to save himself any, any other harm. But, you know, he said, I'm just going to get my head down and, and uh, get on with it. Sure enough, his his next couple of races, he went and done that with a win in a second place. So, you know, what turned out to be vital points for, for the team. uh, Yeah, it was, it was obviously great to, to have him and, and uh, you know, the, I guess the ambition that uh, that he carries to to help us as a as a team succeed,
2: and even you know going going to his his uh, fellow countryman T.J. What a performance he put on on Saturday night! He was absolutely fantastic. He was sticking it right out into that dirt. He was riding the nuts off the bike. Uh, it was good to see again. You must be happy the way your number one performed.
4: Yeah, that's it. I think you know. TJ puts too much pressure on himself. I think because he, he come in on quite an inflated average based on, on what he does in the in the premiership. Um he expects more from himself because it, it's the league below. But, you know, we need to remember that there's maybe only ten riders in the premiership that aren't doing the championship. So um he needs to cut himself a bit of slack and, and relax and enjoy riding his bike, which, you know, it certainly looked like he was doing that on, on Saturday, I think. You know, when we'd done track walk as a team, I kind of had the feeling that the likes of him and, and Leon would would be pivotal and, and whether we win or lose the match because, you know, the track looked like, you know, we call it the old barrack, where it was, uh, you know, a bit, a bit wet, a bit sloppy and, and a little bit of dirt on there that, that can get a bit gnarly for the boys. And, you know, if you're, you're not committed to riding your bike, uh flat out then then you're always going to struggle. So you know, like TJ is one of them riders that, that loves to get it stuck in the muck and and generate as much speed as possible. Um, he's still disappointed with his starts, but uh, you know that that'll come. We've got to take the positives of of every race and uh, yeah, like he was he was on the pace all night, so yeah, that is definitely encouraging for us uh, moving forward.
1: We've seen Rory struggle against Glasgow, both home and away. He was just struggling to get out the starts, but it was nice to see him back uh, winning races again on Saturday as well, Gary. Yes,
4: yeah. <laughs> you know, Rory's super experienced and, you know, I think there's nobody better for us to have in the team to pass on information for, for the younger, less experienced guys. But, you know, one, one thing that I will say is, you know... Um, he's he's a thinker he he knows exactly what he wants his machinery to be doing and 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 when that's not happening fair it's it's really easy to get to get lost in your in your setups and you know it's quite ironic that you know he's the only one that I've had to say it to this year is you know don't don't get lost in what you're trying to do stick with the basics and and you know, trust your your abilities, and and it will come. You know, if if you start forcing things, um, that's when when it doesn't happen. You need to you know let your natural ability take over, and and uh, and and let it let it all happen, um so yeah once you know he gets a decent run of meetings whether that be with us or wolves and and he finds his groove again then he will certainly be one of the one of the top riders in the league
2: he was he was doing really you know things going really well for him and it's just
4: you know it's it's like
2: no we're still it's the first meeting of the 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 league for for berwick so it was a good it was good to see and another thing it was good to see leon just going out and doing leon things um, very, you know, active in the pits and even more active on the bike. He was, uh, he was a joy to watch on Saturday.
4: Yeah. Like, you know, we, we know that type of track suits Leon well. He's, you know, he's raced around Berwick since he was, uh, you know, just knee high. So he, he knows the ins and outs of Berwick and, and how to, to generate the speed and, um, he was making decent starts and, and the race, uh, his first race when he didn't make the start, he, he made it look quite easy. Um, I actually said to him after his first race, if he applies himself correctly and, and makes the right changes to his bikes, then he could could very easily go unbeaten, um, ironically, the next race he ran last. So I'll keep, <laughs> keep my mouth shut next time. But no, I, you know, I think it was a complete team performance. And, um, and I think we still have a a lot more to give. Um, there was obviously Connor fell out, fell off, and and yourself, Greg. You had that that uh breakdown in heat two. So, you know, for all Scunthorpe had a little bit of bad luck, in and Ryan Douglas and um, breaking down twice. Then, but so did we. You know, I think you know they they lost a few points in in Ryan breaking down, but but so did we, especially in in heat two with yourself and. And when Connor fell off whilst uh, chasing Connor Mountain for a, a scoring position, so you know I think it it swung both ways. I, I think we were the better team on the night. Um, so yeah, like like I say, no no complaints from me. It, you know the scoreline kept it interesting for the fans. Um, but again, never did I really think we were going to lose. And you come the tail end of the match that that we were the stronger team and. And we could, we could get that over the line. So, yeah, definitely a, a happy boy on Saturday night.
2: You could tell that you were uh, you were confident as well because you weren't as stressed out as normal. You seemed very <laughs> relaxed and the mood was sort of just like, let's keep this going, boys, let's keep this going. And for you to have a team that was doing, doing that and you were confident, you know, looking at your programme, and looking at the next two, three heats in front of you and you knowing almost what the score is going to be in that them next races, that must be a, a, a big thing for you.
4: Oh, yeah, it is. But, you know, I look at the programme and think I'm going to get five ones in every heat. Unfortunately, that <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, oh, I don't know. It was a bit of a funny feeling on Saturday. I think, uh, you know, never once did I just underestimate Scunthorpe. Um, I knew they'd be strong with Connor Mountain at number seven, but I also knew that equally we would be as strong with, with Connor Coles at number seven, um, and uh, you know the rest of the matchups. I think um, Baron Baron TJ and uh, and uh, yourself we uh, not yourself sorry Jonas, uh, we we beat them in every department so, um. I think on a on a normal day with with Jonas being fit, then you know, I I knew that we we'd be able to to win every every one of them little battles. So, um, you know, Ryan Douglas is is if not the best at the moment, one of the best in the league, and you know, we we can afford a rider coming like that, and. And winning all of the seats because that's only fifteen points. You know, they still need to the other six to chip in with another thirty. And I'm uh, I'm confident, especially at home, that that our seven boys can can certainly stop that happening.
1: After the meeting, George Stodd's caught up with Berwick Bandits team captain Leon Flint, Flint to get his thoughts on Saturday's
5: match.
0: Uh, Berwick captain Leon Flint um, started. Uh, start the league campaign with a win, but you had to dig deep tonight.
5: Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, Scunthorpe's a good side, um, home and away, but on the bright side, you know, we've had a quite a tough couple of weeks, um, but you know our wins are wins, so we can't complain.
0: Uh, in the end, the Bullets match has been called off because of uh, mist. I mean, conditions for spectators were poor. What were they like to actually ride in?
5: It was pretty tough. Um, you know, you couldn't really get a good... Uh, sight for what was coming up on track. Uh, but it's the same for all four of us on track. Um, you know, I'm sure we're probably roading worse. But, uh, but I, you know, we got 15 of heats in and the Bullets got a decent amount in. So hopefully uh, spectators can go home quite happy.
0: Been very up and down seasons for Berwick so far. Uh, and there's quite a long break now between uh, now and your next home meeting. Is it difficult to get momentum going when when you
5: sort of stop start? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we're quite lucky with the boys, uh, you know, doing quite a few leagues. So everyone's, you know, going to be on getting plenty of bike time. So uh, I, I think, you know, we have had a tough start to the season. So in a positive way, at least we can look back and, and think uh, what we need to do to make ourselves better, instead of you know, you know, one week going to get a win away from home, and then next week get beat at home. We need we need to be uh, we need to be more kind of on the on the pace at home, and then if we can pick away, you know, a couple of wins away from uh, away, uh, then and, uh, that's that's what we need to look for.
0: Oh, from a personal point of view, you finally seem to have your problems with the Polish club sorted out. You're on track over there. Is that a big ambition uh, fulfilled now?
5: Totally. Um, you know, I'm, I'm mega busy now, but it's good. Uh, but I, I'm, am very lucky that I've uh, managed to land a club like I have. Uh, there's been nothing, nothing but help and. Uh, Hopefully I can spend a, a bit more time there in the future and uh, the next coming years but uh, yeah it's definitely helping my development.
1: Gary before we heard from from Leon we obviously said about just about a bit of bad luck probably in both sides do you think there's been a lot of has been quite a bit of kind of chat I've seen especially on social media about maybe the band that's been a wee bit lucky this Saturday night given Ryan Douglas's uh, kind of engine failures um from what you from what you're saying you uh, that seems like a wee bit of uh, a a harsh assessment considering that the bandits had their own bad luck.
4: Yeah, that's it. Totally. I think because, because Ryan was winning, um, then, you know, that effectively is, uh, I can't remember the, the, I think one ended up a 4-2 to us. um, And one was a 3-3. So, uh, or or one maybe was a 5-1 actually. So yeah, there's obviously a, a point swing in that that they feel would have been in their favor but i think uh, the points swings that that obviously happened for us um with with greg breaking down at, at the tapes and and obviously conor falling off whilst he was challenging for second it, it just evened itself out um it's like yeah You always remember the guys that break down that are winning. You never remember the guys that 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 break down at the start. Like you know, Greg had the beating of of Nathan Ablett, Um, and and Connor. I'm pretty sure that on any other day, um, he would have passed Connor Mountain. So like, yeah, it's it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Like we we can all say, oh, we were unlucky. This happened. We were unlucky. That happened. But. Um. Yeah, it's 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 total nonsensical. We we can only control what what happens and, and not what might happen, can't we? So, yeah, like I think uh, we we're always going to have a few critics still at the moment with with the way that our season started. So, it's up to us to to quieten them and um. Yeah, I think uh, the way that. Uh, we done that on Saturday you know we stuck to our guns we we grinded away and we beat a good scum top team so that can't be taken away from us.
2: No not at all and you know it's 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 good to win and and have the fans cheering us but it's even better to silence the critics you know keep them uh, keep the words out of their mouth you know because you do you do you get that you get that with any sport or in, on any sort of thing you get people that always like to complain and moan and I really can't see why anybody could complain or whinge on about uh, Saturday night.
4: No, that's it. I think it's um, it's. Oh, I don't. I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it's just a thing in Speedway. Like you know, the the there's people that aren't happy unless they're moaning about something, um, and you know, I, I kind of struggle to get my head around it. It's it's such a great sport where you know we're, we're running a good club um and we've got good foundations and you know little old Berwick against all these big city teams and we uh you know we should be proud of of what we do and what we achieve and yeah like the start of the season hasn't been great um there's you know obviously going to be some uh, some bend in time needed for the for the new boys and and we've had that now. Obviously it's a it's a shame we haven't got another league match until June. Um and I think I, I seen online somebody saying, Oh, you know, uh, blame your promotion and your and your fixture compilers for that, but but that isn't our fault. Like, you know, the the way things have fallen with the, the knockout stage of the, the BSN series and the knockout cup. I, think, I guess that is our fault because we haven't progressed, but you know the, the there's nothing we can do about that all all the other teams you know the the six teams or or eight teams still still busy and you know we did actually look at um at bringing a meeting forward to to close that gap but you know the riders have commitments all over europe and, and trying to tie them down to to get a date fixed that that's good for everybody is is super difficult you know we've got lads in poland we've got um lads doing things in Denmark uh, and obviously Leon's in in European and World Championships so it's uh, yeah it's, it's just not possible to uh to fit a date in a, any earlier so yeah we'll we'll re- rest and and recuperate and and for sure we'll probably uh practice again at at Sheilfield before before our next home meeting but you know we're, we're keen we're, we're keen and and you know we're we're angry with, with what we've shown in the in the cup competitions. That's that's not how we we wanted the season to start off. So yeah, we'll we'll certainly be out to to prove a point in the league.
1: Just the last one, Gary, probably more with the dad hat on rather than the team manager one on. Uh, Leon is now doing the under twenty-fours in, in Poland. Uh, you mentioned there in the next couple of weeks you get European under twenty-four with, with Team GBA. SGB two qualifiers. It's a busy time for him um on the kind of international international scene. I mean, he, he seems to be from the he's under twenty-four performances in Poland so far. He seems to be grasping that opportunity with both hands.
4: Yeah, that's it. I think um, you know, it's a long time coming f- for him. Uh you know, he was tied to to Ribnik for a while and we managed to sort something out there to get to get him released so so he could ride and I think um we're all seeing benefits and being active on the bike all the time and he's he's obviously a lot happier riding uh riding different tracks with, with the Polish tracks and, and Beric and obviously he's uh his premiership duties with, with Wolverhampton. So, you know, he uh he hasn't really got a quiet time. What what looked like gonna be a quiet, quiet week this week and he was planning on staying in in Poland to practice to make sure he was he was uh, ready to go for the the SGP two qualifiers. He's he's now at Sheffield on on Thursday, uh, Wolves on Monday, Poland Tuesday, Germany Thursday, Slovenia or Slovakia on on Saturday. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely keeping himself busy <laughs> and uh, and keeping his mechanics busy. So that's only going to benefit the 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 team and the club in the long run and uh, you know fingers crossed he's he's successful and and what he's doing on his his own individual stuff you know
1: absolutely Gary thanks very much for joining us and getting over that big that big win for the Bandits, maybe not in points but certainly for confidence uh, on Saturday evening against Scunthorpe and after a short break we're going to speak to Bullets team manager Kevin Little uh, about their twenty point victory over the Kent Royals on Saturday.
3: For the best in punk and new wave music and the worst in bad behaviour. New Wave with Newman Show. 7pm Monday, 9pm Fridays. Kev, a good
1: win on Saturday night. Uh, Curtailed by the fog, obviously. Uh, But still a good win for the boys nonetheless. First home meeting of the season. Good to get those two points on the board and uh, uh, the first one of the season as well.
6: Yeah, it was important to get um, uh, a win. Uh, well, first of all, it was important to get our home meeting um, underway, uh, our home campaign, uh, and obviously to get a win was really important because we have done all right so far. Um, but uh, the league table said we have got no points. Um, so it was uh, imperative we got off to uh, got some points on the board, uh, and it was great to get off to a decent start against. Uh, um, a decent Kent side, i got to say, but I think maybe they were kind of um, put off a little bit by the conditions, just the, the fog and all that was all a bit kind of a bit weird and everything. Well, I suppose the same for everybody, but um, big track and everything being a bit different for them. So um worked in our favour and it was good to get um, two points uh, on the board at this stage of the season and a big win and a 20 point cushion to take to uh, Kent next week, this week
2: i said the long journey into Kent is going to be made a little bit easier by knowing that we've got that nice 20-point cushion. And we've kind of, I don't know about yourself, you know, but when you've had a home meeting like that against a team and you you kind of suss out what the riders are going to be like for when you go away to their place, do you think that's going to be a, a good thing for us?
6: Aye, it should be, Greg, yeah, you're right. Um, it gives you a little bit of confidence um, that, uh, you know, the level of rider you're going to be against. Yeah. Um, they might you know, obviously they'll be a little bit better around their own patch. Uh they'll know their own shale a bit better than us. But um yeah, I think you'd be confident enough travelling down the road, uh, that we can uh we can win the bonus point. Kev,
1: just to look, uh, one man who we, we spoke about the, the last time, um when we were kind of previewing and speaking about Meldon Hall after the after the result down there, um was Mason, obviously He's the end of the season last year with an injury, but looking at his performance on Saturday, it was good to see the old kind of Mason back, uh, winning, winning heat, scoring, scoring some really really good points in there. Um, and I think now that the averages have changed, he's going to make it have a wee stint at reserve as well. I think this this wee period is going to do him the world of good.
6: Yeah, you're right, Scott. It was good to see him starting off uh, his first home match as if and really attacking the track. Um, you know, he was in Heat 1, which he's never a fan of doing Heat 1 anyway, but um, uh, the way the rider replacement thing works and uh, and juggling the riders around for their extra ride meant that Mason had to do Heat 1, but he wasn't phased by it, Um, and uh, he pulled off um, a Heat win, uh, which is huge for his confidence, uh, and he did uh, at least one uh, spectacular uh, pass round uh, one of the Kent riders um off the last corner. So it was good to see him in amongst it and he was uh, you know he's riding well uh and showing plenty of commitment um to the cause so uh and as you say um dropping down to reserve um with the new averages coming out um for our next meeting um which will hopefully build his build his confidence even more. Um, but he did have a really good uh, first meeting, which was good to see. Certainly, even by the way he rode at Mildenhall for, I think, as I said at the time, when there were the away match a couple of weeks back, he didn't score, but he um, he rode much better than he's ever done round right there before. So, uh, um, as I, say, it's like I said, at the time, he came away there with a smile on his face, even though he didn't score any points, so just because of the fact that he'd survived the meeting. So, uh, you can see that confidence in him um, now. Um, so, you're right, I think... Uh, that next few meetings at reserve will, will, will help him and the, and the team as well.
2: Yeah, that's it. You know, the, the team's really strong all the way through. We've not got too much, you know, it's not like we're carrying anybody or anything like that. It's just, it's, I know for me, it's a, it's a joy to captain the side. It must be an even bigger joy for you to team manage the side. I mean, how, <laughs> how are you Kevin Little enjoying this team captain's role? Uh, role, sorry,
6: say? yeah yeah well it's you know it's um it's a it's a learning curve uh, for me um it's something i've never done before um but uh working with uh, the boys in the, the team uh, the boys who are in the, the the promotion the people who are helping the lads out it's all um really good because it's uh, sort of all one big we're all working together um so it makes the team managing job uh very enjoyable uh because we're all uh we're all working for the same goal really so uh everybody's good keen uh motivated um whether it's the the, the um the team manager the the promotion um the riders you know, or the mechanics and everybody else that turns up to to help um uh, it's a pleasure so far it's good it's really good Absolutely.
1: Before we preview that match down at Kent, we can hear from Connor Coles, uh, who had some trials and tribulations to get to Berwick on Saturday evening, so we can hear from him now.
0: Connor Cole, uh, busy night for the Bandits and the Bullets, but uh, in fact you almost weren't
7: here, were you? No. um, My partner and my two kids have got sickness and diarrhoea and... uh, One of them was since the youngest was still in hospital so I was nearly having to look after my two-year-old but luckily they let Poppy out of hospital and I was able to get up the road last minute.
0: Family always comes first of course but not ideal preparation for uh, a busy night?
7: No, definitely not. Obviously, I like it's, it's a lot of stress to have before I'm eating but... It obviously didn't play on me too much during the meeting because I had a pretty decent one. Um, Shame for the Bullets in my first one, for my change of snap, but I think we're definitely producing a lot of good races and we've got a good side, especially at home.
0: I think uh, for a difficult start for the banders, you've been one of the real bright spots for it at a lot of points. Are you enjoying your racing here?
7: Oh definitely, yeah. Um, even though they fogged it off and I couldn't see a lot in this one uh, in the Bullets match but I didn't want it to finish, I didn't want to get off my bike, I love it.
0: It is a, quite a long journey for a home meeting but uh, that's that's no problem to you either?
7: No, not at all. Um, the drive is a bit, bit of a pain but... I wouldn't change it. I love this track and I'm happy to be um, performing the way I am.
1: Kev, the guys, uh, as we say, travelled to make the long jaunt down to Kent uh, this weekend uh, to take on the Royals. What we'd say is that obviously with the big one at home guys are going there, they're defending a 20-point lead. You would like to think that, that the, the kind of bonus point would be safe. But is that a kind of dangerous mindset to take into any meeting that you've got a big advantage anyway, especially in this new kind of point scoring system?
6: Yeah, yeah, you can never be um uh too confident obviously uh you have to go there and you've got a job to do uh um so I don't think you're going there to defend twenty points, you're going there to race and uh and compete in the meeting. Um and hopefully uh we'll if it comes to the point we have to start defending, uh then that will be the case. But uh I think we'll be going there to compete in the meeting. Um and uh whatever happens on the day will happen. But uh no, we'll not be overconfident or anything like that. Um we're going there to race.
1: Kev, thanks very much for joining us uh, on Radio Northumberland's Total Access Show for Berwick Speedway. Uh, After this quick break, me and Greg will be taking this week's quiz.
3: Join Mrs N, Punky Paul, Crimson Karen and the talent every Monday 7pm for the New Wave with Newman show on Radio Northumberland.
1: Greg, you bested me last week. Uh, I'll be honest; it wasn't my, I wasn't wasn't my most proudest this moment uh, last week uh, in the quiz, uh, especially on some of the Berwick questions that you asked me. I was quite disappointed in myself, but I'm not getting too confident. I'm not getting too confident. <laughs> as in life, you always get a second chance, don't you? Uh, exactly. I went first last week. If we're going to do it pedal shootout style again. It's up to you. Your call. I went first last week, so your call whether you want to go first or second.
2: I'm going to go second.
1: Oh. I fancy going second. Kind of like when you win the toss at Speedway and take the gate Mm. positions in Heat 15. There's kind of a humble brag in that, I think. It is.
2: And what do you think? Do you think we should time? Uh, do you think we should stick a timer on this? Five seconds per question. No, you can't that, do that. You need some thinking time. As long as you're not
1: googling, then everything's fine.
2: I okay, I because I have been, uh, I've been, I got. I at least I admitted that I googled it.
1: Okay, All right on. You go. Question one.
2: Question number one. Here we are. Jason Crump, three-time world champion, Australian world champion, was actually born in which British city? Bristol. Oh, correct. (laughs) Straight in,
1: straight (laughs) in. Okay, Greg Hancock won his first ever world individual title, one of four, in 1997, but who was the runner-up that year?
2: Oh, who was the runner-up in 1997? So many people shouting right now, aren't they? <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna just take an absolute stab in the dark at this one, and I am going to say Tony Rickardson.
1: It was Billy
2: Hamill. Oh, probably the reason why I said his name is because he's next on my list, Mr. Tony Ricardson. My question to you is, what year? Did the GOAT retire?
1: Oh, I am going to say 2000 and...
2: I have to take your first answer, remember, Scott.
1: Five.
2: What did Ken Bruce say? One year out. Oh, you're joking. It was 2006.
1: 2006?
2: Yes, it was indeed...
1: Oh, right. Okay. On the goat theme of Tony Ricardson, who huh? won more Swedish championships? Obi <sighs> Funding or Tony Rickardson?
2: I'm gonna take an educated guess at this. I'm gonna try and work this out. Now, when Tony Rickardson was going great guns, there was also some great Swedish riders. We've got Andreas Jonsson there, the you know, the Carlson brothers, Lindback was even kicking about then. So I'm going to say it was overfunding.
1: It was overfunding. Ah yes. He got nine. Uh
2: huh.
1: And Hardson got eight. It's It's level then, isn't it? Level one all.
2: So here's my next question for you. Question number three to you, Mister Frame. Mm -hmm. We were discussing the other weekend our uh, favourite riders weren't men, and, and who looks good on a bike and who's a nice person and everything else like that and you said, that overall for you you said Danny King was the man. Mm-hmm. Lovely bloke great style. Yep My question to you, Mr. Frame is, how old is Danny King? Is he 35, 36 or 37?
1: I'm just going to shoot straight down the middle here at 36
2: well done, you are correct oh, with that oh, one. Boy,
1: be okay, Kenny Carter won the World Pairs title for England with who?
2: See, this is way before my time, and I have watched a lot of Kenny Carter stuff, so if I would this be like the, the 80s? i have
1: going to give you the year right, since obviously it is before time, it was in 1983. Uh-huh.
2: I thought it was the, the 80s. The It'd be handy if my dad had came in for a coffee right about now, because he, <laughs> he would have been able to mouth it to me. Um, was it was it Chris Lewis, old man?
1: It wasn't. It was Peter Collins. Ah.
2: My question to you is, how many years did Peter Carr ride for Armadale, for Edinburgh Monarchs? How many years did Peter Carr ride there? Oh. Get the fingers out here. Seven, eight, nine,
1: nine, nine. I'm going to say five. Five. to 2001.
2: It was actually eight years. Was he it? Rode for them? Yes. Uh-huh. As far as yeah. my research uh, goes anyway, I think it was from 97 to 2004.
1: In 2000, so everyone won the league in 2003, didn't they? I don't think he was part of that team.
2: Well, from the Google that I looked at, uh, it definitely did say that he was on um he was in the team then. So uh if I'm if I'm right, I'm if I'm if I'm sorry, if we'll go back next week if we have some research to that, <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll uh we'll we'll give you a point or we'll dock me a point.
1: Right. Okay. So which team has won the most division one now premiership titles of all time?
2: Oh uh of all time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, okay. I'm gonna st- just because of the recent history in like the last twenty years, I'm gonna say the Pool Pirates. No. No.
1: I don't think you would ever have got this. It was the Hackney Hawks.
2: Oh nah, we'd never have got that. <laughs> never right, have got I need
1: that. to I need to get this wrong and you need t- to get one right to level it up. So that's this is for the
2: win. This is for the win. Mm-hmm. So if you get this wrong this then it's level.
1: If you get your next one right, yeah.
2: Right, so this, this next, um, my next question to you. Now, this is near your house and a friend of yours. nay pressure.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what year did Bandit's team manager, Gary Flint, win the Heathersfield gold helmet at Glasgow? And you have to remember, I so also I... won this title as well. Yeah.
1: Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to say 1999.
2: You're miles out. It was 2005. Was it? Aye, Didn't 2005. I think Gary
1: was still kicking a ball at that time, I'll be brutally honest. No,
2: aye, no, no. Gary's still got Gary out there and winning. I don't know what happened to the rest of the competition. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Okay, right. So, if you get this next question right...
2: Uh-huh. It's a good chance you've been keeping an eye on the scores because I forgot... <laughs>
1: Who has won the Polish individual title most times?
2: Oh, well, you know what? Can I have? Can I have a tiny wee clue? If I ask, is he, is he still riding now? No. No, he's not. Right, that has helped. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> You know, you're wanting me to say Thomas Golob, and it's no. I just know that it's not going to be Thomas Golub because that's too easy because, you know, he was the, he was like the goat. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Thomas Golob. Correct. Thomas oh,
1: Golub. yes! How many times did they win it? Now, that's not for an extra point. I'm just going to see if you can get within the ballpark. Random. Uh, 11. 8. Oh. Right. Sudden death. Go for it. If this... So, I'll do a deal, right. So, If I get yours right, and you get mine right, or we both get it wrong, I'll ask one question, you get it right, you win. Okay. Right,
2: okay, that's fair enough, that sounds good. Go for it. My question to you, and it's quite an obscure one, so you would have to kind of know this, if you don't know it, well, you could guess. You either know it or you don't. Aye, that's what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) In 2003, Nicky Pedersen won his first-ever world title at the Norwegian Grand Prix. But he won that on points because Jason Crump knocked off which rider and was excluded. Oh, (laughs) I was going to say, you either know it or you don't. That was unbelievable. (laughs) Straight out, boom. There is a a very good reason, I know that. A very good reason.
1: No, I was not, no. Uh, Right, okay. The question I have for you is... So current team managers of the Pool Pirates, Apswich Witches and Sheffield Tigers are Neil Middleditch, Richie Hawkins and Simon Stead, right? What do they all have in common other than the fact that they're all team, uh, team managers at the moment?
2: Uh, is it as simple as the fact that they've all ridden speedway bikes? No. It's obviously a club that they've ridden for. They've all ridden for the same club.
1: No, it's not that you're good down. I'm g- I'm giving you a clue here. It's not that.
2: It's not that. Um, I'm gonna say something random like they all have the same birthday.
1: No, they're oh. all former British under twenty one champions. Ah, Simon actually won that three years on the spin in two thousand one, two, and three. Richard Hawkins uh-huh. won- then won it in two thousand and four, and. Neil Middleditch was 1975, which means I take this week's quiz. Oh, well done. Three points to two. Renee Holter so- uh, winning the day. Frame <laughs> lad. Uh good quiz. That's again. one apiece. Yeah, one apiece keeps the ball rolling. Uh for mm. next week. So you'll need a listen in to listen into next week's show to see who can get their nose in front. So that is just about it for this week's show. But don't forget you can listen, listen again via Berwick's official channels on Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast streaming services. Remember, there's no meeting this week at Shulfield. Uh The bullets are in action down at Kent, but there's no meeting at Berwick this week. Uh, so there's no countdown show on uh, Berwick's Facebook page. Uh, but we'll be back next Wednesday on live on Radio Northumberland. And until then, it's a goodbye from us.
0: From the borders of Cumbria to County Durham, from Tyne and Weir to the Tweed, you're listening to Radio Northumberland.